Have you ever given your business or organization's elevator pitch and then heard your employee deliver the pitch entirely different? It happens all the time. Ensuring your team is using the same consistent brand language is an important part of marketing your business, but it can be a challenging task to get everyone on the same page. That's where Text Expander comes in. Text Expander is an easy way to ensure your team's communication is consistent, current, and accurate. Get your team communicating faster so they can focus on what's most important. With Text Expander, your team's knowledge is at their fingertips. Get your team on the same page by getting information out of silos and into the hands of everyone that needs to use it. You can share your team's knowledge across departments so your team is sending a unified message to your customers and isn't having to spend time reinventing the wheel. Here's how Text Expander works. Step one, store it. Keep your company's most used emails, phrases, brand messaging, and URLs right within Text Expander. Step two, share it. Get your whole team access to all the content they need to use every day. Plus, you can organize it by department. And step three, expand it. Deploy the content you need with just a few key strokes on any device across any apps you use. These powerful shortcuts and abbreviations help to streamline everything your team types. It's that easy. Text Expander is available on Mac, Windows, Chrome, iPhone, and iPad. Visit textexpander.com slash podcast to learn more and get 20% off your first year. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to The One Thing Podcast. I'm Chris Dixon. And I'm Sarah Hendricks. All right. Well, we've got Lori Seitz on the podcast today. Lori is the CEO of Zen Rabbit, where she focuses on customized gratitude meditation, coaching, and my personal favorite, the F Being Fine program. Lori, how are you? Hey, Lori. I'm doing well, mm-hmm. thanks. Hi, Did guys. Did get all that right? You did. Perfect. Lori, do you want to tell us a little bit about your background for the audience and you know what got you here today? Sure. My professional background is marketing, like many years of marketing. I love talking about marketing strategy and started my first business in 2003. I was making and marketing a product called the Gratitude Cookie that was actually based on a family recipe. And I was selling it as a way for businesses to say thank you to their clients and to people who sent them referrals. Oh my God. Amazing. Yeah. They were like, people would ask me if they had crack in them because they were so good. (laughs) Not that I don't know that the people asking me the question I'd ever used crack, but whatever. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I couldn't scale that business quite the way I wanted to. And I shut it down after 11 years. And, um, Took a couple of detours and then finally ended up here teaching people. Um, pretty much my mission now is to keep teach the world how to stay calm and grounded no matter what's going on around them. Well, that's much needed in a in an era where I feel like everyone's flying at a thousand miles a minute. I mean, COVID happened and you think it would have made everybody slow down, but for some reason it didn't. It just pushed everyone to start working harder from home in their PJs, what have you. So we're really excited to to talk more about this. Yeah. Very calm and grounded. Well, like what does that mean for you? Like what is what does calm and grounded mean for Lori? It means that no matter what the situation, the external circumstances are, 
you are rooted like a tree. So if you imagine a tree in a storm, and as we're recording this, there's a hurricane coming out the country at the southern a southern part of our country. Like, so you're you're, you know, like one of those palm trees that may sway around, but it's not getting uprooted. Yeah. And what's the risk of of not having that level of of calmness or being grounded, especially? I mean, anyone can relate, but when you think of someone who makes bigger decisions that impact multiple people on a day-to-day basis or the running of business, like what is what is that? risk and not having that level of calmness or being grounded like or rooted like a tree? I mean, the risk is you're going to make bad decisions. Even if you're not severing relationships, you're damaging them and um, not making the best decisions, running around like a chicken with your head cut off. I mean, it's just so much stress physically on your body, mentally, and not being able to... It, it takes a toll on creativity and innovation. And everybody's using it. I mean, innovation is the one thing that that keeps people ahead of everybody else. You know, it keeps you in front of the competition. I love so if that. You can't innovate. That's that's a big downside. Yeah, you know, I think about my own experience and the times that I f- I feel like I'm making decisions out of alignment with you know, either my my values or my goals, and it's generally because I'm disrupted somehow, or I'm I'm not taking the time to slow down, or I feel like I'm behind the curve, and because of that, um, you know, I'm I'm maybe emotionally hijacked, or I'm just not in a clear head, and I start to you know, it's a downward spiral. So I can relate to that. I'm sure many people can. So how can we take the time to hit pause and you know clear the mechanism and get our mind straight? Yeah, th- I mean that's why I talk about all the time is the importance of using meditation. And we were talking before we started recording about how the majority of of high-performing business leaders in the world practice meditation. And yet, it seems to be missing from a lot of of leadership training programs or sales training programs. It's just, here here are the mechanisms, here are the steps to take to have a better sales conversation or lead a team. But this key piece is missing and it's really the foundation for success under all of those other things. Yeah, I know my boyfriend has been constantly pounding on me to meditate and will be like, you need to just take five minutes and meditate. I'm like, yeah, 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 I'll get to it. So this actually really speaks to me because I'm in the process of saying, okay, I'm I'm ready. I know that I need to have you know, deep roots. I know that I need to have a clear head in order to make better decisions for my family or for my business. So Lori, what do you, what's the first step? Like as a beginner, where do I go now that I've said, okay, yeah, this is important. Yeah. I can totally relate to you, Sarah, because when I was running that first business, I had done the research. I knew the high performing business leaders that that was one of their key things. And I still didn't do it. I decided that working 24 seven uh, you know, every day was the better way to go. And it, it didn't really turn out the way I had anticipated. So um, <laughs> I proved that it... Yeah. So the best the best way to start is really by five minutes. Taking five minutes. You know, I hear from a lot of people that they don't have time to meditate. I don't... I can't do it because I just don't have time. And the weird thing about that or the irony of it is that by actually meditating, you are creating more time. I think it was... uh, His name just left my head. Okay, Abraham Lincoln, that guy. Uh, (laughs) He said... (laughs) That guy. (laughs) He has has a quote that if you give me six hours to chop down a tree, I'll spend the first four 
sharpening the axe. And that's really what you're doing when you're meditating is you are sharpening the axe. And so what happens is, let's say you spend, let's extend your time a little bit. Let's say you spend 15 minutes in meditation. What happens is you become more focused and and the tasks, the rest of the tasks that you have to do that day become easier because you are more focused, you're more, you're more present. And so you can do them in less time. So essentially you are buying yourself time, not yeah, it's an investment spending. In productivity. It's an investment. Yeah. I love yes. You know, one of the things that we teach and we encourage our, our community and, and our sphere to do is, is reflection thinking time, right? Like just getting into a space, reflecting on your week, planning the week ahead. We use a tool called the 411. Uh, but do you see value or connection to meditation as a, like an entry point to your thinking time so that you can get your head clear and, and get you know focused on what matters? So the, the most important thing about that, that thinking time is you're getting in touch with your inner voice, your, that inner knowing, your whatever intuition, whatever you want to call it. And the thing is we live in a society that has all of these voices talking at us all the time. So you've got social media and traditional media and your friends and your colleagues and your family and everybody's got an opinion and everybody's got some advice to give you. But what is it that your inner voice is saying to you? It's the only, it, only you can hear it. And it's the one thing that you need to be listening to to steer you in the right direction. And the way to tap into that voice is to get quiet. Now you can do it through meditation. That's what I love to do. And that's what I talk about. It could be done through any method that helps you really get in touch with that inner, that inner voice. You know, some people can access it when they're out running, gardening, baking, whatever it is that lets you clear your head and hear what's going on in really in your heart. Mm. Do you think, Lori, that the foundation of meditation helps you to discover or rediscover your purpose? Because it is truly that that voice inside or that that one voice you need to be listening to to help you, as you mentioned, to like steer you in the right direction. Um, do you think people, because there's a lack of meditation, people feel like their sales are all over the place and they're not able to find their purpose? That's a contributing factor to it. It's funny because purpose gets thrown around. Like, I don't know what my purpose is. I have to find my purpose. Like it's an Amazon package that's going to show up at your door. <laughs> I, <laughs> I believe that, that it helps to point you in the right direction of what your purpose is. And then beyond that, you have to start taking actions to figure out what it is. It's not like you're just going to sit in meditation and wake up one day and go, oh, I know my purpose. Yeah. I think it helps you direct you to take the actions that will help you find what it is. I love that because there's so many stories out there of people that are just like, oh, I just took 15 and I meditated on it and came out of it and knew, you know, this was where I where I belonged. Um, but you're you're so right. And it's it it takes a little bit more work than just saying, okay, I'm going to meditate. It's that rigor of having consistency. It's that check-in ingesting. It's that reflection and all of that combined that helps to have you find that Amazon package that will never come. That's <laughs> <laughs> right. That's right. And you just mentioned a really good point in that it is a practice. It's like, you know, you get better at meditating it sounds funny to even say that, like that you could be good or bad at it. It's just a thing that you do. 
but it's a practice. And it's like anything, the more you practice it, the better you get at clearing the thoughts in your head, at really getting into hearing, getting into that deep place where you can hear it. And, you know, like going to the gym, you can't go once, once a, a month and go, yeah, look at me. Mm-hmm. I'm, yeah, <laughs> it's all good. I like that you said clearing the noise because that that's how I'm I'm uh, internalizing it. For me, the the value of that meditation starts to show up first as a way to eliminate the noise, so that you can start to ask the right the right questions of yourself to create the direction that you want to go in. But I heard an interesting analogy on a podcast that I was listening to this morning, and it was talking about. Uh, being able to identify priorities and all the noise coincidentally. And he was, he, the guy was saying it's like having a hundred pitchers or a thousand pitchers and you're the catcher and they're all throwing a ball at you at the same time. So how do you clear out the noise, figure out the ball that you want to catch and figure it out how you can see it out of the pitcher's hand? I was like, oh, I relate to that. I played baseball growing up. So it resonated with me. Yeah, that's a great analogy. Yeah, absolutely. I also think about projects that we work on from a business perspective, right? Imagine if you took 5 minutes, 10 minutes, 15 minutes before you started on, you know, your one thing or a massive project that you're you're trying to work towards and you meditated before you got started. I would imagine you probably would have not only a lot more clarity, uh you'd be a little bit more creative, you'd really be able to bring that focus in versus, you know, starting something, I think like after a meeting where you're so frazzled and you're like, well, I've, I've got to do this thing now. And that that has to be such a massive benefit for those folks at home that are in a business environment and are really saying, well, like, how can I put this into practice in my day-to-day life, which I think is important. There are a lot of personal development teachers, gurus, whatever you want to call them out there who talk about taking five or 10 minutes in between projects to rebalance yourself, to kind of get yourself into a different headspace. Like you just said, like, okay, I just finished that project. Now moving to this one, instead of sitting in that same place and just like changing computer screens or switching to the new task to get up and take five minutes to breathe or or meditate or do whatever. Exactly. To clear the channel and go, okay, you're telling your mind and your body, now we're doing this thing. We're done with that thing. Now we're doing this thing. Mm. So we know that we need to clear the head. We need to get some some space to do that. We need to acknowledge that there's some mindset transformation, I think, that takes place there. And what uh, what next steps do we take? Like, how do we get into meditation? Or what are some best practices that you'd recommend uh, to get things going? For people who are just starting out, it's really beneficial to start with guided meditations because we talked I mentioned about how clearing the thoughts in your head which is a, a it's a thing I mean like it's hard to do mm-hmm. and that's not what meditation asks of you but a lot of people think it is I'm not good at it because I can't clear the thoughts in my head that's not what it is it is about getting quiet enough but the thoughts are going to continue because we're human so they're going to be going in and out all the time the idea is to recognize that this is happening and kind of say to the thoughts, okay, I see you. <laughs> and you can keep moving and then come back to like the sound of the meditation teacher's voice or your breathing or the music that you're listening to. So I always recommend that people who are starting out listen to guided meditations 
because you can bring yourself back to the medit to the to the voice, and it's giving you something to follow along to. It's not expecting you to just sit there and clear clear your mind and have you know nothing else to focus on. Is do you as you advance in your your skill set? First, it's okay. There's the noise. There's the focus. There's a you know a separation there in the noise. Do you is there is there an ability to start to categorize what those pieces of noise are? Like that's a limiting belief. Uh, you know, so like along those lines, is there a way to break those down that's more valuable that you've seen? It, you could, but I don't recommend like when you're in a meditation trying to classify them all because you're that's, just that's seeing them mind, and yeah. going, okay, <laughs> there's a thought coming through. Keep going. Just like sitting out on the on the porch or something and watching cars passing by. Right. Yeah. Just let sense. it go. Let it go. Got it. It's almost the ability to compartmentalize, right? If you watched the the Tiger Woods documentary or you talk about Tom Brady and some of these athletes and how they are able to go on a field in front of hundreds of thousands of people, it's all about compartmentalizing it. And at the end of the day, a lot of them, I'll say a lot, but you know, it's that's a lot is whatever you want it to be. Do meditation. And I feel like that becomes because when you're walking onto the field, you have to learn to take all the noise that you're talking about, all the, you know, bad reviews, all of the talking, and you've got to set it aside so that you can perform to the best of your abilities. And I think the missing factor for, you know, those of us that aren't athletes or are just working nine to five jobs, like, we can use that as well. You know, walking onto the field is the proverbial sitting in your office chair. Um, and really by doing that, you're giving yourself the ability to be your best self at work without all of that noise surrounding you, which I think is so important. Um, and it might even be worth something for our listeners like time blocking. We talk about time blocking all the time and how important it is um, to set those pieces in your schedule, those rocks in your stream to make sure that you're spending time on your one thing, but also time blocking, you know, getting up off away from your desk, time blocking meditation, making sure that you're spending those moments to clear the cash, if you will, mm-hmm. and then come back and start over. So I, I, you might have just made me a meditation person. My boyfriend's <laughs> going to be like, wait, I said it and you can't do it, but Lori says it and you can do it. And the answer is yes. <laughs> yes. And even if it's no more than breathing, taking two minutes, in between whatever your activities and just sitting and breathing, really like taking really deep breaths because we are notorious for not breathing. I mean, obviously we're breathing because we're still alive, but we're, <laughs> we're not breathing really deeply and getting the breath all the way down into the abdomen. And really, so spending two minutes doing that, you're going to oxygenate your, your blood, your brain, and that, is one of the key benefits of meditation as well. But even if you're not going into a full meditation and you're just doing that breathing for two minutes, you're going to have an increase in focus. Yeah, I love that. I mean, it's uh, like in through the nose, <laughs> out through the mouth, right? That's uh, I, I appreciate breathing and it's so fascinating how just controlling your breathing can control your physical state. And mm-hmm. slow your heart rate, can accelerate your heart rate, can calm you in a stressful environment. And the power of breathing is fascinating. Yeah. Most of the time we spend our, our um, lives, our mind and our heart are out of sync. 
And so when you are focusing on the breathing and then there's an exercise that that's called um, heart coherence, there's some heart coherence meditations. I've created one and you can find them when you search. And um, there's actually an app called Insight Timer that I recommend all the time. Hundreds of thousands of meditations on there. So you can find them and sort them by how much time you have, what topic you want to listen to. Um, so Insight Timer is a great resource. But so finding a an meditation on co- heart coherence, you are able to, it often has you breathing, like imagine you're breathing through your heart. Mm. And that syncs up your heart and your brain and puts them in coherence because the electromagnetic field of the heart is 5,000 times greater than the brain. Fun fact. Did not know yes. that. Yeah. Well, if if someone's starting to build some skill around meditation, they're getting to a place where they've, they, they're they able to relax themselves and get clear. I know that there's a, a myth that you, you really like to uh, emphasize around high performers and hard work. And that, that being those two things aren't directly correlated. They can in fact be like inversely correlated. So yeah. how, if someone's of this mindset, Hey, I just got to work hard and I got to be very busy and you know all the noise, but they're starting to make this transition. Like where do they go next? With, once they've, they've acknowledged this and they're, they're getting that clarity, how can they start to transform that productivity or that focus? When you are practicing meditation regularly, as we said earlier, you you become more focused, more creative, more uh, you have better interpersonal relationships. Your empathy increases. Yeah, I, so I, I was trying to what I was trying to get to is generally we we have goals or we have objectives and. You know, it can be difficult sometimes to figure out like what are the highest priority objectives or the ones that are in the greatest alignment with where I want to go. Maybe it's the relationship between my purpose and my goals that are very valuable. So how can you use that 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 clarity of mind to Mm -hmm. gain some more insight on what are is the relationship between my values and my goals and where do I need to focus and what do I need to say no to? Right. So when you are clear on what your values and your goals are then it makes it really easy to say yes you know or no it it's funny that you brought this up because i was just speaking at a conference last week and the topic was how to make good decisions that was my presentation and we were talking about using value while figuring out what your values are and then basing your decisions on what those values are like does your calendar line up to what you say your values are and if it doesn't, then you need to stop and take a look at that. And we were also talking about how those values and help you make good decisions, weighing all of your decisions against, does this fit with my values? And that could be seen as, does it fit with my purpose as well? When you are meditating, you're getting, you're get, you've got this clear channel going to your higher power, your higher self, whatever you want to call it. Like again, that intuition. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're getting your messages are are much clearer. Like you're hearing them faster and more clearly. Eating healthy is an investment. It's an investment in yourself, but it also often requires an investment of your time. But good news is Factor has delicious ready-to-eat meals that are ever fresh and never frozen. They're chef-created, dietitian-approved, and ready to eat in just two minutes. 
With Factor, you can choose from a weekly menu of up to 35 options, including popular things like Calorie Smart or Keto Direction or Protein Plus or Vegan and Veggie. Also discover 60 more add-ons every week like breakfast on the go, lunch snacks, beverages to help you stay fueled, feel good all day. And we know our listeners here at The One Thing are focused on health and health goals. That's why we choose to partner with Factor. And if you visit factormeals.com slash 150 and use code 150, you can get 50% off your first month plus 20% off your next month. Again, that's factormeals.com slash ONE50 and use code ONE50 to get 50% off your first month plus 20% off your next month. Are there any questions that, that you use in your coaching or that you use on your on your own reflection that you go to when you're trying to seek greater clarity on where you should focus? What might your purpose be or challenge your purpose? I, I mean, I ask for guidance for whatever, you know, for what my highest good would be or for the highest good of all those involved. So it's not always like a prayer can be a form of meditation. And a lot of times, you know, people are like, well, let me pray for pray for you or for this certain outcome. And my belief is that it, it's not our job to figure out what the ideal outcome is. So if you are meditating on the highest good for all involved, then that's the ultimate thing that we want. It's not, but it might not be uh, the outcome that you want, but it's the outcome that is the best for everybody involved. Like kind of taking a, taking a more, um, like, I don't want to say hands off approach, but we can't control anything almost, you know, we can control some things, but we want to control everything. And that's the big joke that's on us, right? Like, yeah, <laughs> some things are not in your control. Um, I have a control issue. <laughs> yeah. I, oh, well, I, I did for a very long time too. I may still have it. Some people might think I still do. <laughs> <laughs> Meditated away. Well, the, the, this is an interesting thought. So I need everybody to bear with me as I get it out. But it's like the butterfly effect, the movie, right? With Ashton Kutcher, which is he's trying to control every decision he makes along the way to create his quote unquote perfect life. I think that was the the basis of the movie or he wanted to go back and like fix something, whatever. We've all been there. So if you have this level of control where you're trying to control the outcomes, right? It puts you in this position to not really get what you're looking for or potentially be disappointed or, you know, all of these things. So I love the idea of meditating to help you find the right decision to make because you're only as good as your last decision. Mm -hmm. And should you choose to go in a different direction, it's the ripple effect of your life. So focusing on making clear decisions versus focusing on the outcome is really in the end going to be more beneficial for you and your growth down the road. And that was... Thank you for coming to my TED talk about the butterfly. <laughs> but like in my head, it's this crazy idea where I'm like, whoa, yeah. Because if you slow down and you really meditate and you think about it and you listen to your intuition and then you make the decision based on that, you're so much more aligned with your values and your purpose and your core than just, just praying for a great outcome to your point, Lori. Like, that's not going to get you anywhere, but making a great, clear decision is. When you are 
meditating and you are consistently, you are then led to take inspired action. So this is where it comes back to, yes, you still have to take action. Of course, you can't just sit on the, on the couch, meditate and think that success is going to show up at your door. Again, like an Amazon package. <laughs> <laughs> and this episode sponsored by Amazon. No kidding. Um, but, but taking inspired action instead of just doing, 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 because I have to do all the things, you are clear, you become that channel and go, okay, I'm only going to take the inspired, the actions I feel inspired to. And those turn out to be enough. Mm. So yeah, it's, it's getting clarity and then turning that clarity of mind or that, 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 that rooted thought into action. And knowing mm-hmm. what the actions are that you want to take that are in alignment with where you want to go. The crazy the thing about, yes, the impact you want to have. The crazy thing about when you start meditating consistently are all of the coincidences and synchronicities that start happening. Mm-hmm. You're like, well, where did this person come from? Or how did that show up? Mm-hmm. It's like uh, it's almost creating intention in and around yourself and yeah. people gravitating towards that. And there's science and research behind all of this stuff that we're talking about. So for anybody who thinks like, oh yeah, that's the hippie thing that they do. No, this has all been proven through science of how it works and and how um, meditation, visualization, all of these these elements work. Tie together. Can we talk about gratitude? Because I know you're you're a big believer in the the power of gratitude. Can you give us a little context on where that shows up for you? And what's valuable outside of the obvious. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, sometimes the obvious is not so, not obvious. so obvious. Yeah, fair enough. I retract <laughs> yeah. my statement. Yeah, it's funny because when I had that first business, I'll never forget having a conversation with this woman at a networking event and we were talking, you know, about saying thank you to clients. And she was like, "Why would you do that? They they're they're paying you. Of course they know that you appreciate their business." And I was like, "Uh, I'm going to go refill my drink now. (laughs) I I couldn't even explain it to her. I mean, gratitude is the, when we're talking about energy and everything is energy and energetic, like vibrations and, and, you know, love and gratitude are the highest energetic vibration you can get yourself into. So when you're in a state of gratitude, you just feel good for one thing. Like think about when you are, grateful for something that's happened in your life or for a person who's in your life, you just feel good. So for one thing, being in this state of gratitude feels better than any other. It, when you are in a state of gratitude, your cortisol levels, which is the stress hormone, are lower and your brain is releasing more dopamine, serotonin, and oxytocin, which are the feel-good chemicals. That's how that works. Much better than the uh, smartphone apps for the dopamine download. Yeah. <laughs> if if people spent half as much time writing in their gratitude journals as they did scrolling on TikTok, I'm talking to myself. Uh-huh, wondering, uh-huh. But I think it's so important, you know, you're talking about energies uh, and as somebody who is an empath, a self-described empath, like walking into that room with all of those different energies is so important because what you put off is what other people are taking in as well. And I think, you know, for high achievers and people that are, you know, constantly in that state of chaos and working hard, 
I think sometimes we forget that our energy then is projected as chaotic and, you know, frazzled or or whatever other adjective you have. What how important is gratitude for specifically those high performers and and hard workers? Think about it. I mean, would you rather work for somebody who is grateful to have you there and who lives in this state of gratitude for everything or somebody who's nasty, couldn't recognize the accomplishments or achievements of other people, doesn't give anybody else credit. Those are just nicer people to be around. And despite that that old phrase that, um, what was it? Nice people finish last. Mm. It's not true. It's not true. Yeah. If there's a balance to be struck in there in a meaningful way, which is you need to be uh, you need to be grateful for your customers externally and internally. You know, the, mm-hmm. the people, customers could even be expanded to just your sphere of influence in general, uh, and and be great and have gratitude for all of all of those people that uh, you have mutual influence with. And as a leader, you want to you can't just be nice and be grateful all the time. You need to challenge your team in a positive way too, right? So there's a balance of Hey, you know, I appreciate you. And how do we, how do I appreciate you in a way that helps you grow? I don't think those two are mutually exclusive or even at odds with each other. They Agreed. are the same. Yeah. yeah. If you are grateful for somebody on your team, then it would make sense that you would want to help them grow. Absolutely. But I think just acknowledging that that's a piece of that, that balance and that puzzle. Yeah. I don't think that showing gratitude is wouldn't help them grow like yeah i don't yeah to yeah. your point i don't think they're in conflict i was just saying and you know imagining a leader who says thank you for for your hard work all the time but doesn't then turn around and call you out when you're not showing up as 100% of yourself right right well i think that's what we're we are saying the same thing like say, mm-hmm. saying being grateful for them and challenging them is again it, challenging them is a a way of saying, I appreciate you Absolutely. and I'm going to push you to be a better person. Yeah. I think it's just important to have that lens and call that lens out. So you're, you're mm-hmm. thinking of the broader, I guess, gratitude spectrum. Yeah. Well, being in gratitude it, it also strengthens relationships. Absolutely. Yeah. There's like a, a higher level of communication associated with it. You know, if you have to acknowledge something that someone's doing. You have to see them. You have to pay attention to them. You have to be aware of their behaviors and vice versa. Even to give feedback in a, in a, from the place of gratitude, you need to be paying attention. Yeah. I mean, think about when people are working for a leader who is who shows their gratitude and doesn't just assume that their people know they're grateful. People will run through walls for them. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I can think of the, the best leaders that I've worked with or the ones that have had the greatest influence on me and they've all demonstrated that characteristic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember when I was working, when I was in college and I did an unpaid internship. Because when you're a communications major, you do unpaid internships. <laughs> <laughs> and he would, um, every every day before I'd leave the office, he would say, hey, thanks for stuffing those envelopes or whatever, you know, writing, making those phone calls. And it just made, it was a huge impact. Even though I wasn't getting paid, I felt I was acknowledged and recognized. You know, one of the things that I've done um, as a leader and and an employee um, that I've shifted is instead of saying thank you, I say I appreciate you. 
Mm. Because not only do I think that thank you has become like a flippant thing to say, it's just like, oh, thanks. Um, But when you say I appreciate you, it you have to actually think about how grateful you are for that person's time, that person's energy and what they do in order to say something to that extent. And it normally hits people like pretty hard when you, instead of saying thank you, you're like, hey, I I appreciate you. They're like, oh, okay, thanks. Um, Because I think there's this, like there's gratitude, right? And being grateful about somebody. And then there's gratitude. And there's a difference between just saying thank you and really being grateful and showing gratitude for the people around you, which I think is an important distinction uh, between the two. Taking that a step further, I would challenge you or invite you to, to say why you're grateful for them. What is it that they did or said that you're grateful for? And I have an exercise that I do with my clients within the program where I have them write a letter of gratitude to somebody who has positive, well, I won't say positively because it's worked out both ways, who has influenced their life in a major way and writing a let handwriting a letter of gratitude explaining why or how or, and then actually mailing it. It's not just oh, the wow. writing of it, mailing it. Because when you do that, you are getting the benefits of sharing that gratitude and the recipient is getting the benefit. And it just has a, a ripple effect that you were talking about earlier. That ripple effect is enormous. I'd be curious, how do you feel about somebody doing the same exercise, but with somebody that has... what It was a negative start with a positive impact at the end. Like, Are you still wanting to write letters of gratitude in that way as well? Yeah. In fact, one of my very first people that I did this with had come back to me and said, I can't think of anybody who's positively affected me. Because I used to say somebody who positively affected me. And she said, I can't, I can't think of anybody. And she came back and she had decided to write a letter to a woman who had bullied her in her job, her last corporate job, so badly that she left that company. She quit. And what that led to was her starting her own business. But she had never looked at it through that lens. She just felt a lot of shame and resentment and anger towards this woman. And once I had her do this practice, she now saw it from a different way. And she came back and said, I feel like a weight has been lifted off my shoulders. And she'd been carrying it for years. I mean, it tears. I just, for, for writing this, this exercise, led her to that revelation. What, what about in the same context, what about internal gratification, like taking a moment to celebrate your own success? And, uh, you know, you, you, what we recommend is, you know, you, you at periods of time want to stop and pick your head up for a second and check in on your goals, check in on where you are, check in on your mindset. And meditation sounds like a really great way to at least clear the head so you can enter that conversation with the right frame of mind. But then also, how can we translate this gratitude to, for yourself so you can celebrate your wins and your successes. I love that you brought this up because this is something that I've been working on for a while, celebrating your wins. We don't do it enough as a whole. We as humans, again, we don't do this enough. We tend to see the negative things. I didn't get enough done today. I screwed up and said this horrible thing to this person. Celebrate every single win because again, science and research behind this 
when you celebrate even what you consider the smallest win, you're setting yourself up for more. So the more wins you celebrate, the more wins you get to celebrate. Mm. Yeah, it's 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 momentum, but it's also uh, like acknowledgement of what success is. You're kind of training your brain to create more of that same success. Yeah, and it's that whole attraction. You know, I don't want to get into talking about the law of attraction. There's so much, a lot around that controversy and all that stuff. But but again, from an energetic standpoint, what you focus on, you get more of. And so when you are more, when you're focusing on your wins you get more of them. That's not to say you're not recognizing where you could improve. It's to say, recognize those good things that you have, you've got coming and that you've accomplished, what you've accomplished. We tend to diminish our, ourselves. Well, this is where I think habit formation comes in, right? And, and starting with the small action first or, or the lead domino, mm-hmm. if you will. And it's like packing your gym bag and you continuously are packing your gym bag every day to get you out to the gym. And once you have that small win, you celebrate it and then it propels you into the next, you know, small win. Um, I think that's really important and probably a really great, you know, for a lot of our members who are constantly doing a 66, we have 66 day challenges where we establish new habits and it's that positive impact that propels them into the next day, the next week, the next 66 day challenge that helps them to want to move forward. Um, and it's so important because the small ones, you're so right. Like I, I find this so relatable in, I get done with the day. I'm exhausted. I feel like oh, I didn't get enough done. Now I need to walk the dog. Now I need to make dinner. And I never sit down and have that reflection moment of being like, okay, I'm grateful for X, Y, and Z. These were the small wins that I had today. I would walk in to my tomorrow so much um, happier and with better energy if I thought about that every night or did that in the morning. I think it's such a good, a great uh, exercise to be done. You know, what I thought of... uh that I thought was interesting there is even even in opportunities when you're reflecting or checking in and you're asking yourself like how am I doing if there was something you I don't want to say weren't successful with or there was opportunity you should be grateful about that learning right? even though you're not it's like okay don't don't give yourself permission to not continue to grow or use that as an out but at the same time it's like you know what there's a lesson here I'm grateful for the lesson make the change make the improvement and I think that's important to consider too don't look at your opportunities always as negative, as long as you don't continue to repeat the same behavior because then you're missing the point. Right. <laughs> yeah. Be thankful for or grateful for the the opportunity to learn and grow and just continue down the path. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's 100%. Obviously, a habit around meditation is powerful and you can get better at that. You can get better at anything when you do it, right? So if it's five minutes, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, an hour, uh, whatever's right for you and 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 doing that at in a consistent basis, are there some other... Uh, less consistent events or triggers or things that you would recommend, hey, before you go into this, like consider some meditation or maybe there's a, a, a an identifier of stress, if that makes sense. So one of the things is that when you're talking about habits, that it makes it a little easier to be consistent is to do it the same time every day. Yeah. And so for me, I like to do meditation in the morning when I wake up, first wake up, before I get out of bed, because you're still kind of in that in-between state between in brainwaves, alpha and um, the alpha and beta 
brain waves. Beta is when you're fully awake. Alpha is that state when you're in between sleep and awake. And so it's really nice to be able to do it then also because you're setting the intention for your day. And just like a lot of people love working out in the morning because then nothing else gets in the way. At the, by the end of the day, you're not like too tired to do it. So doing it in the morning. On the other hand, some people prefer to do it at night before they fall asleep. Because again, you're still in that in-between state of brain waves, and it you can slip into it as you're falling asleep. Other people might want to do it at lunchtime because they need that midday break. And there's nothing to say that you can't do it more than once a day. You know, five minutes in the morning, five minutes at lunch, whatever it is. My whole thing about this is what works for you. Guided meditation works for some people. Music only works for other people. Five minutes for it. it what works for you? And one of the other things is a lot of times I hear people are like super hyper. You know, like they can't sit still. So what I recommend for that, and I bet there are people listening right now who are like, yeah, I can't sit still. Put on your favorite song, Chris. Yeah. Okay. Here you go. What's your favorite? What's your hype song? Oh, geez. I don't know. I don't know that I really have one. Sorry. All right. Yeah, right. So it's a Top Gun anthem would probably be my hype song. Okay. All right. That's a good one. Yeah. So you put that on. Maybe you want to be in a room where no one can see you or not. I don't know. And just move, like dance like a crazy person. Get out that energy and then sit. Yeah. Yeah, I do that. I, I do that for sure. If I have to be stationary for a long, you do that of time. specifically. Like you listen to Kenny G and dance like it's a not, crazy person. Kenny Loggins. Not <laughs> first of all, yeah, Kenny G is not a completely <laughs> different person. That's gonna put you to sleep. Move around a little bit yeah. and and get things get things going. It it all comes back to doing what works for you. There is no one specific way mm-hmm. that is the way. That's what I was going to ask you. So the so if we have a habit form and you figure out what works for you, and for me, let's say it's I like to do fifteen minutes of meditation every night before I go to bed. It just clears my my head. I go to bed with a and I mm-hmm. fall asleep easier. Maybe that's my thing. Are there other circumstances that you'd recommend if someone is trying to get into this practice that they would consider meditating that are less consistent? Like, hey, I've I've got a big mm-hmm. decision to make. I'm you know I'm going into a, some monthly reflection. I'm, you know, I've got a, a stressful, um, you know, meeting coming up. Is there something yeah. like additional triggers that you would identify? Yeah, like what you just said. Going into a big meeting, I like to do. I just, uh, I don't even know if I'd call it a full-on meditation. Like just a grounding, like some breathing, some grounding before I go on stage to do a presentation, and just getting yourself again, clearing that channel, getting yourself in the the right headspace, grounding. Again, like getting yourself rooted like a tree. Like, okay, I got this. I'm I'm strong. I love that. You know, I've and it, that ties to to gratitude for me from my own experience where I've had if I'm nervous about um, a competition or a performance, mm-hmm. or if uh, in more recent history, if I'm doing like a keynote speech or if presenting to a large audience or something like that, what I'll do is I'll I'll try to clear my head focus on what I want to create and then also be thankful for the opportunity to share influence with the people that I'm going to speak to. And it gets me out of my own mind. And it like yeah. gets me thinking about the impact that I that I hope to create and the relationship I'm going to form with people and not about like, how am I doing? How do I look? I mean, all the, all the noise yeah. that comes into your mind. Yeah. And before you're going to have a difficult conversation, mm, same yes, thing. And it's kind of like asking for, asking to be that channel to 
deliver the information that that person needs to hear. Going back to what we were talking about before about, you know, what is in the highest good of all involved. Like, how can I say the thing that the person I'm talking to or the audience, people in the audience need to hear? Yeah. Help me say that right thing. And what I was going to say too is that when you practice meditation on the regular in the morning or in the evening or whatever, when you go at those, those alternate moments, those situation-specific moments, it's easier to get into that, that energetic vibe when you are already practiced at doing it at the other times of the day. So Lori, before we wrap, what is the one thing you would like our audience to take away from this podcast episode? That incorporating meditation, gratitude and meditation, because I feel like they really go together, but they are two separate things. Incorporating them into the regular practices is only going to enhance everything else that you're doing. That's awesome. Lori, thanks so much for being here with us today. And we are very grateful for your time. And you got us, gave us a lot of really great insights. So yeah, thank appreciate you so much. I promise I'm going to start meditating now. It's a thing. <laughs> My now. pleasure. Yeah. Let me know how it goes. Yeah. <laughs> thanks, thank Lori. Thank you so much, Lori. Thanks for listening to The One Thing Podcast. If you're a bold risk taker who wants to dream big and achieve a higher level of success in your life or business, visit theonething.com. There you'll find information on one-on-one coaching, our exclusive community membership program, and customized workshops that will help you get your team or organization aligned and rowing in the same direction. That's T-H-E, the number one, dot com to start living the life you've always dreamed of today. Be sure to follow the show to stay up to date on weekly episodes, guest interviews, and more. Plus, we would love to hear from you. Send us a voice note by going to speakpipe.com slash the one thing or email us at podcast at the one thing.com. We'll see you next week.